All right, guys, we are live at Fredrickson Health Solutions. Today, we have two very special guests, Dr. Natalie and Dr. Billy Ledbetter. Today, we're gonna to be talking a little bit about some newer subjects, including peptide therapy, and a little bit anti-aging as well. Dr. Billy and Natalie have four clinics now, and they have some really exciting stories. So if you guys don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Sure. Um, I'm Dr. Natalie Ledbetter. I have a doctorate in Chinese medicine and acupuncture, and I'm also a nurse anesthetist, so I do anesthesia and um, married to this awesome guy here, and I'm really super passionate about helping people live as long as they can with vitality and vibrance and passion and health. And I'm Dr. Billy Ledbetter, and I'm your uh, traditional MD who doesn't really practice like a traditional MD. I, uh, I've been doing kind of wellness, anti-aging, what they call functional medicine these days for about the last 20 something years. Um, my uh, career track has been very off the beaten path. I'm a Navy jet pilot and a whole bunch of other things. So anyway, but uh, so, and I'm married to absolute wonderfulness right here. Yes, Natalie is a great name. It's the same name as my wife. So huh? it's like we're connected. And, and I just have a funny story about how I first met you guys. Well, one is with you and it was at um, Alive and Well. And, you, and I was getting a, an IV, and there was a lady who was very hesitant, and she was asking all these questions. And I was just thinking to myself, man, Dr. Ledbetter, he just handled this lady with such, you know, such great bedside manners, such politeness. And I mean, this lady, I don't know if you probably remember her. She oh, was, <laughs> and she was like, can I see the needle go in your arm? I was like, okay, lady, like, you're kind of freaking out. And I had rabbed at the time. Yeah. So I had rabbed in my analysis, and – you know, I had all the signs, symptoms, you know, the dark urine, and I was getting that IV from Dr. Ledbetter. I mean, I drank like four gallons of water, and I literally, my wife said, there's no way you cured your own rapta, but I think I did. Wow. So pretty wow. interesting. But enough about me. So yeah. I want to talk to you guys just about how you guys got started in anti-aging. I know you guys are way ahead of the curve. I know last time I came to y'all's office, y'all had some glutathione and some other IVs going through you guys during our meeting, which was awesome. So, <laughs> so how did you first get started anti-aging and um, tell us about that? I guess I'll start that off. Yeah. So um, a lot of my ancestors and grandparents lived to be over 100. So from an early age, I've always said, I'm gonna at least live to be 100, at least, minimum. Um, as you get a little bit older, you start to realize that, ooh, if I'm gonna make it to 100, but I'm gonna wanna make it to 100, I might have to do some things. So as he said earlier, you know, we've been doing some alternative things for a lot of years, but once we hit our fifties, for me, 50 was like, <clears throat> like a wall, like, you know, you're going along great. And then wham, things stop working. You have to work harder. You try to work out and you know, you think, Oh, I'll just go run a mile. How hard is that? And then halfway through it, I'm dying. So that really stimulated more of trying to look into what else can be done, uh, anti-aging, biohacking things, so that we can live to 100, 120, 150, and want to live to 120, 150, and be healthy all the way there. I got goosebumps. That's awesome. Well, what about you, Doc? You're saying, saying well, I, like philosophy. I said, I kind of went down a little bit non-traditional path. I started out in general surgery, but that didn't work out. It was kind of a change the job or change your wife. I decided to keep the wife, and we've been happily married for... <laughs> Well, mostly happy uh, for 31 years now. So um, it worked out well. It was a good decision back then. Um, I joined the Navy as an aside from that. And when I joined the Navy, I met an osteopath. And he was very much into holistic health. 
and he and I spent every day together pretty much in the clinic and we would talk and he got me started down as simple as it is the Myers cocktail, which again, Myers goes back to the fifties and you know, it's vitamin C and zinc and a few other um, minerals and stuff. And, and I thought that's really cool. So as I progressed along, I kind of got into the, you know, I mean, sick care is really what we're all about in the allopathic world. And it just didn't make sense to me. And just like Dr. Schallenberger says, the best cure for any disease is to not to get the disease to start with. Right. And so that's healthcare. So real healthcare. So keeping people healthy. And then that just kind of opened up the you know Pandora's box, if you will, of, well, what can we do to do that? And oh my God, it's like in the last 15 years has just really exploded with all the different things that you can do to kind of help your mitochondria, um, your cells and everything else function best. That's awesome. And do you think today now more than ever, people should be looking more to these functional medicine or fringe, what was originally called fringe um, healthcare now? Because Myers cocktails, we're seeing it on the news. We're seeing about you know intravenous vitamin C. We're seeing like glutathione injections. People are like, what is that? Everyone's like, what, are, what can we do to make our health better? I mean, yeah. what are you seeing now? Are you seeing your patients come to you and say, hey, can I get this done? Or are you seeing more of that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like so 25, almost you know, 26 years ago, I was the kind of the redheaded stepchild out there. Like, sure. you know, even my best friend, God bless him, I love him to death, but he just thought I was a complete idiot. Just like, that stuff doesn't work. It's not proven. It's not, you know, there's no double blind, you know, placebo control sure. studies and stuff like that. But now we finally are starting to get the science to back it up stuff that you know some of us have been doing for 20 plus years right. and have kind of already known that it helps um even if it's subjective and oh, hell even if it's just placebo effect i mean it's a real effect you get real cellular change it works so i've known that but now we've got science to back it up so a lot that's why you're starting to see a lot more places and a lot more allopathic doctors which is your traditional md coming on board with this sort of holistic um well, even functional medicine kind of program, alternative medicine, if you will. I think it's all kind of a alternative medicine umbrella. Right. Love it. Love it. So I want to talk to a little bit about peptides. And for people who aren't new or aren't familiar with peptides, what is it? What kind of benefits do people expect? And how does it differ from some other things that people might already know about, like PRP, stem cells, or hormone replacement? How can you, can you, can you explain those and some of the differences? Sure. You want to take a run at it? So all peptides are just chains of amino acids, and we know proteins are longer, larger chains of amino acids. Um, so peptides are signaling molecules that go into the body and work on receptors that already exist and tell the body to work in a certain way. So a lot of times we'll, as we get older, our receptors will kind of downregulate and they'll get a little rusty and they won't work as well. So you give a peptide to send it in there to go sit on that receptor and go, dude, wake up. And so you're just using the processes that are already in your body, using enzymes that normally are already in your body, but we can create them in a lab and then send them in there to go tell the body to do what it's supposed to do. Awesome. Very cool. And have you guys played with anything else before peptides? I mean, or PRP or anything like that? And how does how does PRP and peptides differ for someone who has no background knowledge? I'm going to just take that. Yeah. Yeah. So PRP is uh, platelet-rich plasma. And what that is, is just a component of your blood. So when you pull out blood and you don't let it coagulate um, or gel or clot and you spin it down, you're left with plasma. 
And inside of that plasma, right at the very bottom of that plasma, after you spun it down, is this platelet-rich layer, okay? That platelet-rich layer tends to have a lot of what we're talking about, peptides and signaling molecules um, that will help your cells kind of wake up and behave like Dr. Natalie said. So the way that the peptides we're talking about now differ is, is that we are taking a, it's not synthetic because it's amino acids, it's real amino acids in a very specific chain, a very specific length, and just kind of tailoring that to specific receptors. And what that does is, is it helps your cells function better. Right. So I think the difference to me when I look at PRP and um, peptides is that PRP, you're only going to get to use what you have in there, right? Sure. You're drawing off your blood. You're spinning right. it down. You're taking that, that conglomerate of platelets with their healing factors, but you only got what you got. And the older you get, the less you have. Sure. So, and, and it's not super specific either. You know, you're putting some growth factors in there and you're stimulating the body to heal itself. But with peptides, you can say, I want my body composition to change. I want less fat, more lean muscle, and I have a peptide or two that goes in there and it sits on those receptors and it tells your body what to do, increases your growth hormone. So you're being very specific with what you want, which is exciting. And who doesn't want that? I know, right? <laughs> yes. Especially after you get 50. Right. Until you get 50. Yes, yes. And, and I, I mean, I've been around this field for a while. I kind of have seen the shift, you know, go from PRP. PRP is still used all the time. First was prolotherapy, right? Then I went to PRP stem cells, peptides, and now exosomes, right? So, we love and we all. do all of those. We love them all. all of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe for stem cells and peptides, could you maybe kind of compare those and how they differ a little bit? Well, yeah, there's a whole lot of difference there. The, uh, the stem cells, um, backing up a little bit, the reason we we're using exosomes more right now is the stem cells contain the exosomes. So the new science is starting to feel that stem cells actually work by the amount of exosomes that they carry signaling your body and God. your cells to do what they're supposed to do more optimally. My original understanding was I thought stem cells, if I inject like say umbilical stem cells in myself, which I've done, um, they divide and they make me younger because they're stem cells and they're dividing. Well, they show that it actually doesn't happen that way, but the contents of those umbilical stem cells are very new and they're considered adult stem cells, but they're brand new. Whereas my 54 year old stem cells are 54 year old stem cells. So the contents of those cells are 54 years old with all the oxidative damage and reactive oxidative species and everything I've done to it. Uh, we kind of alluded to earlier, um, you know, kind of pickling the brain sort of thing. Right. Um, so, but if I take umbilical stem cells, now I've got new products in there and those new little um, exosomes and stuff that go out and say, hey, you need to behave like you were designed to behave. And so it kind of wakes up your system, revives it, if you will. So it's not like the fountain of youth or a Benjamin Button kind of effect, but it is a optimizer, if you will. It optimizes the way your body already behaves. It decreases inflammation. Right. So it's also a little more general, generic or general. Right. Like your IV infusing exosome. Sure. Where it just goes, and they, they do cross the blood brain barrier, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of getting a general all over the body effect unless you're injecting them into a joint or something, then you're getting a localized effect. Whereas peptides, you're still getting a generalized effect, but you're targeting a specific thing. Right. 
like there's a DSIP, uh, deep sleep inducing peptide that um, actually they use it for a lot of other reasons, but um, it was originally designed to target deep sleep. That's awesome. So you're saying stem cells already contain some exosomes, but when you're using a peptide that's specific, you're getting a lot more. Is that right? Not a lot more peptides, but um, boy, yeah, actually you do because the exosomes contain a goodly amount of, I mean, they're microscopic. Sure. I mean, they're like at the subatomic level, or not subatomic level, but at the uh, nanometer level, and they contain thousands of different peptides. Some of them do. So yes, you're getting a lot more peptides that were generated from a very young individual. And um, you're just not choosing which You're peptides. just not choosing which peptides. Whereas with peptide therapy, you're, like Natalie said earlier, you're selective. You're being very selective about which outcome you're kind of trying to drive. And, you know, the human body is very complex. It's all of the metabolic pathways are interrelated in some shape, form, or fashion somewhere down the road. They all kind of feed off each other and contribute to each other's uh, working. So, um, yeah, it's but peptides, the peptide therapy we're talking about today is, is more of a... Um, a very specific target that we're looking for. Awesome. So we do both. So y'all do, so do both. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you mentioned weight loss, mm -hmm. vitality. What are some benefits that people can look for, Dr. Natalie? And what have you seen in your clinic and personally by using peptides? I love peptides so much because I think mentioned earlier, after you get to a certain age, it seems like things don't work the same. And for women, I feel like we start to have a harder time losing weight. And we eat really careful. We do intermittent fasting and we're now doing keto, but um, especially women can get to the point where you do all the right things and you're not losing weight and you're sure. putting a little weight around the middle. So um, there are peptides that you can take that will actually change your body composition that will actually help you to lose weight and it will actually ramp up your metabolism a little bit and it will help your body to secrete more growth hormone. As we know, as we get older, you know, we have all this growth hormone when, when we're young and then it kind of, eh, 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 eh. so we're using peptides <laughs> to bump it up just a little bit to get back to where we were when we were at our peak, when we were at optimal, just to give us a little bit more so that we have a little help. And for myself, I was kind of plateaued at a certain weight for probably three or four years and I started eating less and less and less and extending the intermittent fasting period longer and longer. And I was like, I'm, I'm not losing anything and I'm trying harder. I'm working harder, right. working out more. And so it kind of gets frustrated after a year or two of eating less and less and working out more. And you're still like, what's going on within a month of starting the peptides. I've lost three or four pounds and I'm not trying, not doing anything differently my ability to run, we like to run trails, has uh, increased so much. I mean, I still sound like a dying cow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can make it a lot further with a lot less suffering. And um, my muscles are getting better. Like before, I was pretty pitiful at doing push-ups and stuff, and I'm getting better. So I'm super excited, super excited. So cool. So have you guys tried all these peptides on yourselves personally that I'm about to ask about? Yes. Okay. Yes? Okay. Well, let's – um. Let's start off on the ones that you're taking, the ones you've seen for weight loss. Okay. I know that's a big topic right now. Everyone's at home. People are having food available 24-7, and people are drinking more alcohol than ever before. So what kind of peptides would help with weight loss specifically? Um, my favorite right now, there's a few, 
but the one that I've seen the most results personally and that I've heard of in other people is a, a combination of two different peptides, okay. CJC-1295 and ipamorelin. Okay. And the reason we use those two together is that if you use each of them separately, um, you'll get an effect. But if you put them together and use them at the same time, you're getting five times your effect wow. because of the synergistic effect. So they both work on the pituitary, uh, CJC-1295 and ipamorelin, to increase the pituitary's release or secretion of growth hormone. So as we're increasing the growth hormone, then it's like, you know, there was a big craze uh, years ago about bodybuilders and stuff taking growth oh, hormone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then they had a lot of side effects that were not good. Right. So this, you're just stimulating your body to produce and release its own, but you're just giving it a little help. You know, you're kind of right. pushing on the throttle a little bit. So then you get those good effects without the bad side effects. Right, and you don't shut down your body's endogenous production by using things like peptides, right? Right. Now right. you as can. long as you use them responsibly. Yeah. Always you, see your doctor uh, or your yes. healthcare practitioner first, right? Because if they're not used correctly, then you can downregulate those receptors, and then all of a sudden you're not getting the effect, even if you're taking the peptides, and your body has already said, "Hey, I'm getting this from outside, so I don't need to make it anymore." Yeah. So it's shut down too, and it takes a while for that to come back. So yeah, it has to be done in a responsible manner. Right. We cycle almost all of our peptides for that purpose so that your body, you're helping it a little bit, but you're never getting it to where it gets lazy and downregulates the receptors. You always want your body sense. to have yeah. to work, right? Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. And it's weird. I think my phone's listening to me because as soon I knew, had you guys coming on, you know, I pulled the audience like for some questions and I'm starting getting ads now for peptides. How funny. Yes. And I'm getting ads so from other funny. companies, but like you guys said, it's complicated. The body's complicated. It sounds like you would need to see, probably a doctor personally rather than just order these off the internet right so that would yeah. be a smarter thing to do i yes. think i mean me personally of course maybe a little biased to being an md but at the same time there are a lot of horror stories out there and um, we also know natalie and i just had this discussion yesterday about um supplier okay i mean I'm, I'm, I'm having a harder time getting what i consider to be reliable um su supply of these peptides most of those that you see when you go to Google and you Google peptides, 90 plus percent of those are made in China. And right. I don't know how you feel about that, but right. um, there's been some very interesting reports of some kind of sketchy uh, things going on in that realm. And so I just, I like to have trustworthy, reliable, reproducible sources and the ones from China have been proven multiple times to not be that. It's not that they necessarily make a bad product. It's just that you don't know. they're not, you just don't know what you're getting. And you may order the same thing from the same place two different times and you'll have two completely different products. And there's been studies that show that. Well, so I, even in Chinese medicine, uh, in school, our most, my, most of my instructors were Chinese. And um, they said, I, I wouldn't buy herbs or things like that from China because you don't know what you're getting all the time. They may be contaminated with lead. They may be, you may get something that you don't think that you're getting. There was an actual study where um, there was a growth hormone that was released from China and people were buying it in the bodybuilding community and they were having fantastic. good results. It was work fantastic. And so um, after about six months, the, all of a sudden they switched the formula to a growth hormone that wasn't even like a human growth hormone and a lot of bad things started happening, but still labeled know. the same, still oh, sold yeah. the same. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't know what you're getting. So you have to be really careful. And then we had uh, about four years ago, a client who was a bodybuilder 
who was using a lot of different peptides. And one of the peptides that he got from some source out there on the internet um, just trashed his body. And we spent two or three years trying to build him back up to figure out how to fix him. And really he's still struggling today. Right. Like whatever the peptide was, we don't know what was in it. Um, it. It was not a good thing. So I think people should be really, really careful. Right. And the same thing with the supplement industry, like vitamins oh, and supplements, yeah. you like the company I work for, for instance, has a China last policy. Like we very rarely get any raw materials from there because you can have one potency of 90%, next potency could be at 40%. Yeah. And so we don't want, that's just a mess we don't want to mess with because we work with practitioners like you on a daily basis and your reputation's on the line. So we right. have that policy in place. So that makes sense. For, so guys, anyone listening, go to your healthcare practitioner, go trust, but verify, make sure that your doctors are using the right stuff. Don't just go on the internet and you know, find mm -hmm. something for the cheapest price because you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. So, And you're injecting these things into your body. Right. Do you want to inject something into your body that possibly could be contaminated with bacteria? No, or arsenic. Or, or yeah, lead. lead. Yeah. 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 I just, I mean, I am all about saving a buck, but when you're talking about your body, if this has to last you for 80, 90, 100, 120, 150 years, I think it's worth paying a premium to make sure that you're getting a premium product. If you're going to be injecting it or ingesting it, make sure you get what you think you're paying for. Right. You wouldn't put just regular unleaded gas into a Ferrari, right? So your body's <laughs> kind of the same, same, same analogy. So is there anything else we need to add for ipamorelin and then the CJC 1295 peptides for anyone listening? Well, we can just real quickly talk about some of their benefits. So increased lean muscle mass, okay. decreased fat, um, increased ability to heal uh, after injury or exercise, increased uh, quality of sleep, um, increases the ability of your receptors to respond to insulin. Um, what else are some really decreased inflammation? There are a couple of other good ones. Yeah. Of course, my mind goes to the, you know, it is a uh, IGF-1 inducer. So... And that's a kind of an inflammation marker that we use sometimes to kind of look at inflammation. So when you turn, when the growth hormone dumps from the anterior pituitary and then the liver get, you know, secretes the IGF-1, it's a signal to the body that says, hey, look, we need to grow. We need to build new cells. We need to build, uh, you know, muscle and everything else, just like Natalie said. But that can also be necessarily bad. So if you're not careful with it because of inventory or... Well, it, it upregulates mTOR, right? So that's right. what IGF does. So if you really want to start getting down to the weeds, I can start, I'll geek out on you. <laughs> Natalie, she, she, she hates it when I do that. But So I won't do that. But yeah, if you want to talk about the PI3K and the protein kinase B mTOR pathway, we can dig into that later on if you want. But yeah. it all gets upregulated with growth hormone and IGF-1. And in doing so, the body's saying, look, I want new muscle. I want bigger cells. I want new, you know, fresh cells and stuff like that. Uh, the caution is, is that it can bite you if, say, there's this mutated cell that's sort of hovering in there. It gets the same signal. Right. And it says, hey, let's grow. Sure. So now you got this mutated cell, and we know we call that cancer. Um, it's just your own cells gone awry. And now we're feeding it extra, you know, kind of signals to grow and expand. So you have to be a little careful with it. Um, and that's why it's important to go see your medical provider before you do that. Take so the right dose exactly. as well. Exactly. But, you know, and then we'll see, uh, 
there's just, you know, it's kind of got a, a little bit of an inflammation kind of side effect from growing so rapidly. Okay. And there's ways we mitigate that as well with the glutathione and stuff like that. Right. Um, anyway, some anti-inflammatory effects too, if you don't go crazy with it. Yeah. And it has to be in the right dose and has to be, you know, I've noticed increased physical performance and mm -hmm. increased mental yeah, performance absolutely. too, like sharper mind. Yeah, it does help with cognition. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I like that. Now, the bad one caveat is that um, it can increase your appetite. So, okay. you know, you think about it, it's telling your body, let's grow. Sure. So you need food to grow. Um, now you're supposed to take these at night and you need to take them on an empty stomach. And we were like, hmm, why do you need to take them on an empty stomach? Because you're injecting it as a sub-Q injection. Like, why does that right. matter? But because you don't want to have a big high insulin level because you're trying to take it at night when it's the body's normal time to increase sure. your growth hormone. And during okay. REM sleep is when the pituitary typically is kind of naturally surging that growth hormone. So you're trying to follow that natural circadian rhythm. And then you don't want high insulin levels because they kind of counteract each other, the insulin and the growth hormone. But I have noticed that I'll take it and then I'll be laying there and I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> oh, at night. Yeah. Yes. Have you found it's better to maybe take a little bit of fiber before bed or, Anything like that just to measure or help mitigate some of the cortisol and blood sugar rises? It probably would help. Right. Well, that's the beauty of the ipamorlin, though, is that you know it's a it's a growth hormone secretagogue, and it, but it doesn't have the same like somorlin and tesamorlin are very similar growth hormone secretagogues, but they cause the adrenal dump that cortisol and uh, um, what else the ACTH and the prolactin, prolactin. You know, and yeah. so. You don't get that with the epimorlin like you do with somorlin and tesmorlin. So, um, no, I haven't tried fiber at night. I haven't really done any of that to try to offset or sure. because I don't, I don't find that ghrelin agonist activity to be as pronounced in me. So, um, I haven't tried and because it. Because of our intermittent fasting, you know, we try to have a 16 hour fasting window. So the later we consume any food or right. anything, yeah. the longer we have to <laughs> fast. Right. Day. But I mean, you know, that, could be it's not that bad for me i haven't really noticed yeah. a problem with it. and just to talk, talk about that for a little bit do you recommend maybe like a time-restricted eating window because we know that mTOR is going to or igf1 and mTOR together are going to help increase growth mm -hmm. but then we need some time to help kind of rest heal autophagy rest. those, those mm -hmm. sort of things so do you recommend if people are doing peptides to have a more of a tighter eating schedule so to speak or does that matter it definitely help I mean, if you're yep. looking at general overall health anyway, it depends on probably which peptides. Everyone's different. Right. Right. Everyone's different. Peptides are all different. But I was just wondering if we're trying to induce growth, right? Trying to put on some muscle, maybe. Maybe we should have a couple couple hours in the day where we're, just, we're not. Yeah. Especially sure. if Those you're on pathways, the CJC right? so, of a more Linux. Well, it makes sense to. Yeah. do it. Which is why you cycle it too. So you don't take CJC of a every day. Um, all the time you do cycle where you do like five days on two days off. So you give your body that little bit of rest and during that two days and, and especially with us, because we already know that intermittent fasting down regulates mTOR as well. But during those two days, as long as you're not, you know, like eating a lot of processed foods and crap like that, um, you'll get down regulation of that mTOR that got upregulated with that growth hormone kind of surge that you had during those five days. So you kind of got it's a good balance there. Nice. I mean, you could look at rapamycin, but that yeah. we're not taking that right. right. That'll be in the next right. podcast. Rapamycin is a whole other ball game, and yes, you could do that. Yeah. But uh, you know, anyway, awesome, awesome guys. So let's talk about BP one fifty seven. 
This is one I'm a little, yeah, this the BBC 157, I'm sorry. This is one I'm familiar with a little bit, just being a, you know, in sports medicine as a chiropractor. I had a, I had a patient come to me about a long time ago, like six years ago, and he was injecting BPC-157 into his ankle. Oh. No medical background at all. You know, he just, he got it, you know, off the internet. And I was, like so I was, into the joint itself? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so thankfully he was seeing benefits. I was shocked when he told me, I was like, oh. you know, I think you should go somewhere else, you know, to get some guidance on that. But he said oh. it was helping him. So you guys explain that for everyone who's got some joint issues, maybe some osteoarthritis, how that can be beneficial? Well, it's, it's a great anti-inflammatory. I mean, it's uh it's a pretty small peptide. It's like 15 amino acids long. Um, and it induces like angiogenesis. I think through, they don't really understand the mechanisms real great, but like VEGF, the vascular okay. endothelial growth factor gets upregulated in those. They've also shown in studies for any kind of, uh, you know, like tendon tear or muscle tear that, the at least the animals, the rats that they did the tendon studies in with the BPC-157, you actually get tendon fibroblast outcropping from the severed ends of the tendons. And given enough time, and you know, they actually have mended, and then they did strength studies on them, and those areas where it mended were just as strong, if not stronger, than the original tendon. So it was wow. like, that's impressive. I mean, it's like really, and I've noticed me personally, um, I, I think I might have torn my rotator cuff. I'm not exactly sure. Right before this whole COVID nineteen thing oh, really? kicked off, so and I, I don't know what I was doing. It was very innocuous, kind of whatever it was. Just one day, I was like, "Oh my god!" And right. it hurt like that hell. And ever since then, took. it's yeah, it could be from the uh, four quinolones I took last year Not for sure. prostatitis. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we already know that that's a increased risk. So I may have torn a tendon or whatever. But when I'm using BPC one fifty seven, it's I can't lift because I'm afraid to, but um, cause it does hurt like hell, but, um, it helps with the inflammation. Like I have no pain right now at rest. I can still have some range of motion without any sequelae at all, as opposed to without it. Like if I go four or five days without it, I'm like, I'll, I'll reach for something and it'll just almost drop me to my knees cause it hurts so bad. So it works well. I mean, BPC 157 is awesome. It's been shown to work on tendon to bone regrowth, mm -hmm. healing tendons and ligaments. Um, it also is shown to have organ protection. So really where they discovered it is it was in the gastric yeah. juices of humans. Oh. Um, and it has a protective effect. So any kind of GI problem like uh, leaky gut, Crohn's disease, IBS, uh, severe abdominal cramping, um, it really has, it can actually heal. They've actually used it in, when we do surgery, you know, and do end-to-end -end anastomosis when we do a bowel resection. Yeah. We put them together. They've given them oral BPC. We sure. take ours injectable, but they have an oral uh, formula as well. And what is it called? It's a body protective compound? Mm -hmm. Complex. Yeah, it's complex compound. compound. Um, but that's what the BPC stands for. But there's an oral prep that you can take. And like she said, Crohn's, inflammatory bowel. And they showed in this end-to-end -end anastomosis, anastomosis that it healed those really well. So... This is pretty amazing stuff. I mean, yeah, like this awesome. is the, it's exciting. yeah, this is kind of the Wolverine, uh, you know, heal like Wolverine <laughs> kind of medication as I heard one person say, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. And right. It's not quite to that degree, obviously, but, but you know, still, it's still it's pretty still, phenomenal. Right. And just my, when I was growing up, you know, I had sprained my ankle when I was 16, real bad. And since then, not kidding, two to 300 times later, I've sprained it. Yeah. And we know from studies that if you sprain your ankle once, you have about, 
I think it's 75% that you 75% chance that you'll re-sprain it in that same subsequent year. Mm -hmm. So things like BPC one P seven seem like they can help accelerate some of that healing time to these areas that are usually avascular, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I think this is kind of going to be one of those things that we're going to start to look at more and more. And, and is BPC-137 cheaper than, say, stem cells? Oh, yeah. Yes. A lot cheaper. I think everything's cheaper than stem cells. <laughs> right. Stem cells are expensive. Right. So now with BPC-157, um, a lot of podcasts out there say that you have to inject it locally. And so when we first started using it, we did that locally. So um, we still inject it locally in your shoulder, but studies have shown that it gets intravascular anyway, so you don't necessarily have to do it locally, but as an acupuncturist, I'll take the BPC-157 and I'll inject it in specific points in the acupuncture channels related to. So it, I have 52-year-old eyes and I love to read and my eyes get tired and fatigued. So there's a couple of spots in Chinese medicine that are related to increasing the vision and so I will probably every other day or so I'll inject these spots with BPC 157, the acupuncture points. And I will notice the next day, my eyes will be much less tired. I won't have as much fatigue. So um, I'm super excited. I want to do some sort of study on it to see like mm. actually getting that compound in an acupuncture point to get it to flow along that acupuncture channel can have far-reaching effects. It's just super wow. awesome. Cool. Just to clarify too, we inject around my shoulder sub-Q, not into not the shoulder into the joint. joint so we haven't tried we, that we yet. Could, uh, we probably could, but uh, without an ultrasound and without, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's just easier sub-Q to kind of keep it. And like I said, it makes sense. It doesn't make, it, it makes sense to, it doesn't matter where you put it, it's going to go systemic and it will do its magic uh, systemically. And I just, you know, the psychology of it is, well, if I put it close here, it'll get here faster, which is kind of silly, but you know, right, anyway. Right. It makes sense though, because some areas yeah, right don't have as much blood. Gotta put, it, yeah, so. gotta put it somewhere. So I was right. injecting it into my Achilles um, after we do trail running and my yeah. Achilles were hurting, but then after reading the studies saying, No, you really don't have to put it exactly in the area, I was like, Oh yeah, I think I'll stop injecting sure, it. Sure, right. Yeah. Because that hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so if I was a patient coming to you for BP, BPC-157, how often would I be doing it? And how, I mean, how quick are the results? Probably do it daily. daily. Until you Depends saw results. Injury. So maybe yeah. daily for two months, maybe. Daily for two months. Maybe. Okay. Very if you cool. needed it that long. Most people don't. And a lot of it, is it self-guided? Like you'll, you'd say, hey, Robert, you're going to take this home and do it or I have to come to the office to do it? If you so don't you, mind sticking you know, yourself. Right. Okay. Yeah. You have to not be um, shy of needles and, you know, cause it does require a little tuberculosis syringe and then, you know, with you, you, know, you draw up needles so you can draw it out of the vial and then putting on a little bitty TV needle so you can put it. And then I, I just prefer my belly cause it's, you know, maybe cause I'm a little extra in that <laughs> section. So I don't <laughs> Me feel too. it. Doesn't yeah. even hurt at all. I don't even feel it 99% of the time. Um, I've seen Natalie kind of, you know, pick a little sub Q spot on her thigh. I mean, anywhere that there's skin, basically you put it anywhere. Right. It's a small um, gauge as long needle. As it, yeah. It's a very small okay. gauge needle. So as long as, you know, if you put it in the skin, the blood's going to flow there. It's going to pick it up. It's going to distribute it systemically. So, but for you, if you came in, I would say, yeah, you're going to do, um, about, what is it? About 300 micrograms and you probably would do that. Yeah. And you'd probably do Once that every day, day for you know, until you either are healing. Um, I think with me anyway, I noticed it within 12 hours Wow! that it was like the pain that was there just at rest, you know, and even the pain that like, if I did this would really hurt, 
but now I don't have pain at rest and I can do that and not feel it. Now, if I try to go over my head, we got a whole nother ball game and a whole nother conversation going sure. on. But, um, you know, so it works pretty quickly. And then, you know, we try to, you know, until you're healed, you keep doing it. Probably for up your to about ankle months. around uh, for one month or two months. One or two months. Be, mm-hmm. And would you say doing like physical therapy with the BPC-157 would have more accelerated results? You know, kind of going back to that Davis's law, you know, Tissues remodeled based on the stresses put upon them. Oh, so yes. do you think that would kind of help maybe? Certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. For sure. Awesome, guys. I'm probably going to have to get some BPC 157 for myself yeah. soon. And I'll help you with the <laughs> shoulder can, with yeah. the exercise. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. i got to wait till the tendon heals first. That's yeah. what I'm, I know. The tendons right now, it's growing together. I know it's healing itself. So You just yeah. got to baby it for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then, then you're going to need that physical therapy. Then I'll need the physical yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add to BPC 157? Oh, I think that's good. Oh, that was awesome. Good. Okay. Let's go in to peptide thymosin, alpha, and beta 4. Well, let's do beta 4 first because okay. that ties in actually with BPC 157. Oh, perfect. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, thymosin beta 4, sometimes it's called uh, TB500. It's the same thing. One's a generic and one is not. Um, it acts on the thymus gland to help stimulate the, your immune system to work a little oh, bit better. Okay. Um, helps to increase the T cell activation in your body. But this one, the thymus and beta, the reason that we're taking it is not so much for the immune system. That's not necessarily, it's, it, it heals soft tissue. So we're taking it in uh, along with the other one, the BPC-157, so that we're healing the ligaments and the muscles, and then we're also helping to heal the soft tissue with the thymus and beta. Um, It has a longer half-life, so you don't necessarily need to use it every day. Like the BPC-157 has a shorter half-life, and so you can definitely use that one every day. And you're doing that more systemically, right? So you're gonna do that just in a general area, like the subcutaneous fat. We mix them. So BPC-157 and thymus and beta will go into the same thing. Oh, okay, so you might put that both in your ankle or your shoulder or whatever Mm -hmm. you're trying to stimulate. Yeah, Yeah. or I mean, you could just do it all sub-Q in the abdomen, but. You know, when we're cool. mixing it in the same syringe, I'll do it in the acupuncture point. And say someone's just doing those, thymosin, um, beta-4, plus BPC-157. Would they see any weight loss results with that? No. no not really? Not. Okay. No. Not really. no. But maybe if their injury got better, they are able to exercise. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So now let's jump to thymosin alpha. Okay. Yep. Also uh, from the thymus, also a T-cell inducer, so it, it boosts up your immune system. Um, stimulate you your know, B cells to yeah. go out there and produce antibodies. Yeah, that's uh, one of the end products of it. The you know geeking out a little bit, it, it you know in, in inducing the T cells, it actually um, helps with antigen presenting cells. So the major histocompatibility complexes, which I know you're kind of familiar yeah. with in the nutritional world, sure. But it actually upregulates your MHC one complexes so that they optimize the way your cells present. Um, antigens to the rest of your body as well as the toll-like receptors which also do similar right, you know right. function so that you get better antigen presentation so that your immune system recognizes things better so all in all it just upregulates your immune system it helps with cytokine regulation it's an immunomodulator and it's smart in that it upregulates and downregulates as you need it and oh, nice. most of us are in a point right now where we all really need a little bit of upregulation sure. of, our, of our good immune function, not this mass inflammation that we kind of induce ourselves with through our lifestyle diet, you know, electromagnetic field uh, exposure, 
that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. <laughs> we geek out but, on that too. Yeah, we're we're gonna, gonna have multiple ones with you guys. I can probably geek out on that forever. But um, anyway, so it it actually is smart enough to kind of know what you're really needing. And for us right now, it's upregulating a lot. And um, Natalie found out that you know I we would just take it as kind of prophylaxis because we're not sick. We don't have COVID. Sure, we right. don't have you know we're not necessarily have a big viral load or anything like that. Um, but it, so we're upregulating our immune system to just try to optimize everything. But she found out that you can actually do it. If you start to get a cold or you start to get a little illness, you think you're getting, you know, whatever it is, if you start taking it, you can also help shut that down quickly as well. By wow. upregulating. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we're just taking it prophylactically. Not really, but it's really good for people with, uh, chronic fatigue. Um, Epstein-Barr based right. things, uh, fibromyalgia, um, it's being studied for use in cancer. I mean, it makes sense, right? If it's right. increasing your immune function. Um, so a lot of those bad, nasty viruses, um, it's looking like at Lyme disease that runs in alpha is a pretty good player for that. Yeah, nice. Well, it sounds like any kind of person with autoimmune disease would have some benefit are you seeing more and more physicians using in the functional medicine circles? Yeah. It's funny that the, a lot of these peptides were originally studied on HIV patients. So it was yeah. a lot of the original studies right. and I was like, well, that's very interesting to me, but yes, it's, uh, it's being thymus and alpha is probably one of the more popular, uh, especially now because it's COVID. FDA. It's one of the few that are actually FDA cleared. Oh wow. Now it's FDA cleared. A lot of um, oncologists are using it in various ways to either aid with um, some of the other therapies they do for cancers and stuff like that. But it is actually, there's a product, I forgot, it starts with a Z that is FDA cleared for that wow, indication. Wow, that's cool. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So what would be like the youngest patient that would use something like thymus and alpha? Oh, that's a really good question. Depends on how immunocompromised they sure. are, I yeah. suppose. Right. I, mean, I, I don't know that your average kid that's below... 25 or so really hasn't started deteriorating yet because their mitochondria are still, you still know, good. Ha don't have enough mutations in them. So they're repairing well enough. Right. And so what they if, should be functioning pretty well. If one of our children say if they were 16 or whatever, and they got strep throat oh, or sure. something, I, I would definitely use it. Right. Okay. We don't treat kids in our clinic. Right. Sure. That's a good um, so question. that would be I'll up to, to a pediatrician, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, say if a 16 year old, 15, 16 year old was like, yeah, I'm coming down with strep throat. I get it all the time. I, well, he's thinking about his kids, you know, so right. I, yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. anyone who can help them, of course, their immune system is still developing, you know, right. and it still will be for some time, but yeah, just, just thinking about for kids that maybe that have some chronic autoimmune issues that people can't figure out, or maybe, you know, I'm just thinking that, may, hey, maybe this can stop some of that, give their immune system some help, combined yeah. to some of these antigens and bacteria components that are, our immune system is supposed to bind to, but it's not, so, yeah. so cool, I like this one, I'm going to research, all yeah. of these are awesome, yeah. it'll probably yeah. take a little while to research it on children, because again, it's one of those that, you know, we, we start with the rats, and then if it's looking pretty damn good, we go to the humans, but we go to the adults, unless it's specifically designed right. for children, yeah. so, Nobody's gotten the gonads up enough, I think, to start testing this stuff on their kids and or stuff. Pregnant like, women oh, I, or, yeah. actually, yeah. I take that back. I bet there's somebody out there who's probably doing if, it on if their one kids. of my kids had leukemia and they well, were different. eight years old yeah. or something, right? I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure they're at that point. Why not? Yeah. Sure, awesome. All right, let's jump to Fox 04. Fox 04. 
I thought, do you go want ahead. to start talking no, about Foxo 4? You go ahead. Um, so Foxo 4 is awesome because in a nutshell, what it does is it goes in there and it tells your senescent cells, your old lazy cells that have decided, I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> sit in my recliner and sit here. So that cell, instead of doing processes that help the body and do the work, say like in a household, it just decides to sit in a chair and take up the oxygen and take up the food and take up the water and excrete toxins, but it doesn't do anything to help out with the community, right? Right. So um, you need to kind of get in there at a cellular level and just tell that cell it's time to move on. Wake up. Well, you can wake it up or you can take it out. Oh, so okay. in the body, you apoptosis. get this huge nice. load of senescent cells that aren't doing their job. They're taking up space in there and they're taking up um, resources. So you need to go ahead and at a certain point, yeah, yeah you need to get Absolutely. rid of them. So that then your body has room and resources to make new fresh cells that work better. So FOXO4 actually will go in there and it's not the FOXO4 itself, but it's a FOXO4 derivative. So they tweaked it a little bit so that it goes and sits on the receptor. And because FOXO4 in the body, our natural one will tell, help the senescent cells to live a little longer. So the natural FOXO4 will be like, yeah, you can hang around a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. The one that they tweaked a little bit and they've modified it, uh, it's a dextroisomer. It goes in there and it sits in that receptor. So now the other FOXO4 can't sit in the receptor. So now it's preventing that one from saying, you can live a little longer. So it's like, nah, it's time to move on. So it helps <laughs> apoptosis, uh, apoptosis that helps for those cells to die. So right. that then you clear out the junk in your body. And the older we get, the more junk cells we get. So you need to clear them out. Um, in rats, it's actually been shown, or mice, that it re kind of reversed the hands of time as far as their, their body and their health. It brought back their kidney function, and it actually brought their fur density up. Oh, dramatically. So I was like, oh, I wonder if it'll do my fur density. <laughs> right. right. So for, for patient types for this, um, this is for more of an older patient, maybe less motivation, gaining weights, right? What, what, what kind of, how would you Probably not it? so much with weight. Okay. Just, well, this so one's more for your anti-aging. Anti-aging, okay. For longevity. Aesthetics, okay. Uh, well, aesthetics as well, but it's main when it's just like, say, hey, if you're uh, 50 years old and you want to live a long, healthy life, you're con collecting all these senescent cells in there and you probably need to go ahead and clear them out, get rid of them. Yeah, you know, the body's natural process is, and the reason we have senescent cells is because of primarily, at least the theory is mitochondrial dysfunction, right? So as mitochondria has its own DNA and I won't get into a long talk about mitochondria because I could do a three hour talk on just that alone. But the Reader's Digest version is, is that the mitochondria through um, oxidative stress, in, it has mutations in its DNA, so it doesn't repair as well. So it's kind of like that Ferrari you alluded to earlier. And it, after you just kind of run and run and run and run, after a while, it's just not quite as peppy and it slows down. So right. it slows down and it becomes not so dysfunctional that the nuclear DNA says, hey, we're done. This cells, we're, we're toast. You know, body come in and take care of this cell. It just sort of sits there in a quiet state, just lowly humming and causing taking up energy, causing inflammation, and it just sort of hangs out there. It's not really functional. It's functional, but it's not really optimized. Sure. And okay. it's, it's creating more problems than it's actually helping with at that point. And what the FOXO4 DRI does, the dextroisomer of the FOXO4, 
is it does exactly what Natalie said. Our normal body, it uses FOXO to kind of, it preferentially likes the senescence. And so we kind of stop that with the FOXO4 DRI so that it kind of goes, oh, wait, this is dysfunctional. Let's take care of it. I don't know that it really wakes it back up as much as it just says, hey, look, this is dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Let's fix it. And the fixing is, is not just simple autophagy. That's, that's more of a day-to-day what our, our healthy cells are hopefully right. doing by getting rid of all of that crap. It's the true apoptosis or apoptosis, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, but it, so the, the cell, so it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, it, so it kills the cell. It, then the cell dies and then it's the bad carried, cells. Yeah. The, bad, you know, the yeah. senescent cells that aren't functioning, right. not optimal for the body. And then there's signals that would go along with that that say, hey, body, we've lost some cells. Um, let's make some new cells. And now you've got some healthier, newer, sure. theoretically, newer cells. You're going to trade in your old Ferrari for yeah. new. Yeah. yeah, getting a new Ferrari, <laughs> new oil <laughs> change, <laughs> Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so it sounds like maybe this is a, for someone a little bit older, maybe 40s and ups. Yeah, that was, 40s yeah, and yeah, up. that was yeah, perfect for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't great. continue to do that one. You just do maybe one or two cycles a year mm-hmm. of that just to go in there and clean house. And then you right. just leave your body alone. And then maybe in six months or so another year, you do one more round and you clean house. It just helps your body to sure. function optimally. Yeah. Like everyone does a detox, you know, a couple times per year. Sure. It's kind of like the same kind yeah, of process. Exactly. Yeah. You're cellular so. detoxing. Right. This is more of a, yeah. So if you fast for a week, right, we yeah. already know that, you know, autophagy and um, apoptosis kind of kicks up. Right. Just from fasting, mm-hmm. this sort of accelerates that. And I haven't experimented yet with using it and fasting. So don't ask that question because I saw it coming. (laughs) So, but um, yeah, it's sort of like fasting without fasting, sort of. I don't want to, I don't want to mislead any of your listeners, but uh, yeah, it's sort of like that. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Let's go into a D-SIP. All right. You want to start with D-SIP? Yeah. So D-SIP is the deep sleep inducing peptide and um Again, one of those mechanisms that's not very well worked out, but what we know is, is that it's not a sleep promoter, but when you do fall asleep, it does help you get down into that deeper um, delta sleep. So, um, and delta sleep is where your repair is not the REM, it's your deep, deep right. sleep. And that's where most of your repa- reparation comes from. You're in a very parasympathetic state during that time. Um, so cellular repair and stuff is optimized during that time. Um, and that's, this helps sort of helps you get more deep sleep. And that's one of those things too, that like we, we have our oral rings and that's how we track right, our right. sleep, um, to kind of know where our deep sleep is. And I've noticed when I use it, I get better deep sleep. When I don't use it, I don't get quite as much deep sleep. So, yeah. Now you can use it for other things. That's true. Uh, it's been studied for about 40 years. Um, but for us, that's why we're taking it is for the deep sleep, but it can help with people who are going through opioid and alcohol withdrawal, just to kind of Mm -hmm. help mitigate the symptoms from it and help them handle that. Um, There were other couple of things that it did in the brain, Um, decreased inflammation, helps with pain. That was another one, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Because you're sleeping better, right? So everything's going to be helped with that, of course. So, you know, if we had somebody with really severe chronic pain, that's probably one of the ones that we would prescribe for them. Um, again, we're just trying it to see if it helps the deep sleep because which one of us can't use more deep sleep? I know in I our could. Modern, I know I could. Especially with little kids, right, a baby. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's the gabinergic or the glutamatergic 
I'm not well, sure. I can't remember. In the that, studies, yeah. they said they actually really don't know the mechanism yeah, of action. They've true. been studying it for yeah. years and it's super complex and they're not still really sure how sure, it works. Yeah. But the, in studies, they did have these positive effects. Nice. Really, really helpful for alcohol and opioid yeah, right. withdrawal. And this might be a dumb question, but is this one of those peptides that you take before bed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you should probably take about two hours before bed because again, it's not that it's going to, you take it and immediately causes you to fall sure, asleep, right. but you take it for a couple hours before. So then you go to bed and then after you fall asleep, it's had time to start working and then help just facilitate you to get into yeah. that Delta sleep. Right. And it's not going to shut off your own, your body's natural production of melatonin. Or well, like that. well, no, but you, you could have tachyphylaxis right. to where you get to where it's no longer working. So you don't use it daily. So right. you want to use it frequently every other day. So that day. you're not getting the body where it's used to that right, peptide right. being there and stop working. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Um, let's go on to, let's talk about the C-Max nasal spray. Uh, so we're going to talk about the next peptide on the list. We're going to talk about C-Max and that's a nasal spray, correct? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Right. Awesome. You want me to talk about that one? Sure. Go ahead. All right. So C-Max was actually um, discovered by the Russians and during the cold war so we didn't find out about this one um as quickly as they did but um what's really cool with that is it increases your bdnf synthesis in the brain so it really helps get more nerve growth and more regeneration um, what's really awesome is that it helps to stop clots in the brain or if you get small oh. tiny clots it can actually have a fibrinolytic effect so it's good for people with tias for strokes it's also been shown to be in, help people with alzheimer's Parkinson's, wow, ALS, right. it improves your memory, cognition, your ability to learn, um, and it increases the blood flow to the brain. So people who've had injuries to the brain, like traumatic brain injury, it's super awesome for that. And so Doc's been using it. Um, I'll go in there and sneak a little squirt every now and then if <laughs> I'm trying to write my articles for the day. Um, super awesome. I, I'm wow. really excited. Is that almost considered like a nootropic? Like it, a, yes, it yeah, is. Definitely. Neuroprotective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I, we're not going to talk about genetics today, but if we don't have like an APOE3444, for instance, would they be a candidate maybe for this? I, like yeah, this? I would yeah. say yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, if I was APOE4, uh, I would be um, mm -hmm. definitely using the C-Max and the Dihexa. Yep. For sure. Awesome. I mean, and he's not APOE4, but with the traumatic brain injury right for anyone who's like been a football player maybe sure. has CTE yeah. concussive head injuries mm -hmm. right. absolutely well right. and even somebody with uh ADHD, ADHD. yeah, yeah oh. it's, that's helpful so if someone doesn't so a kiddo can do it right or yeah, yeah. so if they don't want to go on some you know pharmacological drug this is a good opportunity to take something a little more natural to help your brain function a little bit better wow i want to take some right now i know right <laughs> kind of makes you want i should have brought some we could right. all just spread it <laughs> there you go <laughs> then we'd be here for three hours right oh yeah <laughs> awesome all right i think this is the last one on my list is um dihexa topical it's very similar i mean it has a lot of the similar effects that uh, the c-max does um you know and i, I believe the c-max increases the neuromuscular function is what yeah so yeah, kind of the way true. the nerves um and the muscles interact and it actually improves that neuromuscular function so okay. um, yeah so i thought it's kind of interesting that and then dihexa does a lot of the same things um you know if you have I mean, it's pretty much to me. It's I, I, they're synonymous. Oh, except yeah, for very, very similar. One just snort and one just slap <laughs> one you just rub on. With the end result, what I thought was interesting was just that um, when you're reading the studies on the dihexa, it talks about 
knowledge acquisition oh, yeah. and oh, compilation oh. and then being able to re to use it. I'm sure the probably the CMAX says the same thing as yeah. the IHEXA, but yeah. the studies didn't use those words. So I was like, ooh, the acquisition of knowledge. I like that. <laughs> right. Being able to not only but get that information in and then consolidate that well. information yeah. so that you put it together and it sticks and then to be able to use it. So um, he's using both. And um, again, they do have look how smart he effects. is, right? I know. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> such a genius. Yeah. So, and it also helps with repair. So people who've had you know, TBI, um, someone who's had some incidents where they had hypoxia, anything where there was damage in the brain, um, oh, or if you just want to get smarter and you <laughs> need right, a little right. help. Sure, of course. Um, so this operate for like for nerve pain, like a gabapentin would as a palpable agent, or that a little bit different. I don't know that it has gabinergic effects. Um, the studies that I looked at okay. don't say anything about the pain. Um, now, because it helps to regenerate nerves, it is regenerate nerves. So um, stands to reason that it could help with that a little bit. But I don't remember reading studies that related right. to that. It was more of the nootropic effects, uh, you know, and how it and the decreased neuroinflammation and neuro repair, and Got it was it. all about kind of to me anyway. The way I categorized it is sort of that's my nerve, you know, it helps my nerves uh, in the brain. Sure. But if we're so, talking about peripheral nerves as well, I mean, that sure. could be. That would right. be something interesting to look into. Like if yeah. someone has peripheral neuropathy right. or some sort of nerve pain or reflex sympathetic dystrophy, it'd be awesome to see, mm -hmm. you know, if that would help a little bit, rub that cream on. Right. It'd be worth a try because it sure right. can't hurt you. Right. right. I mean, unless you like put the whole bottle over you and then even then, I don't know what the side effects would be for this. It's one. not going to hurt though, right? I mean, it shouldn't. And ner nerves regrow super slow, like one millimeter per month. So maybe this right. would help get a little bit faster, you know, that, yeah, and I know, yeah. like, when you get an injury, sometimes those nerves get impacted, and, you know, you're, you're starting to heal, but those muscles still aren't activating, they're not firing correctly, so maybe something like this might be able to, to help, so. Yeah. And I would say with anybody who had any sort of head injury, even a small head injury, you fall off your bike, you're in a car wreck, and you hit your head on the back of the seat rest, I would say get on these two supplements, Peptides instantly because right. you know you've got some inflammation sure. in there. Yeah, you've got absolutely. some swelling of the neurons, and you want to like get on top of that. Right, right. The BDNF is important, and yeah. we know that the dihexa is about it, it's a sevenfold increase over what your natural BDNF production is. So you when you get a lot of brain-derived natural neurotropic factors, I'm like, that's a mouthful. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So um, it 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 is helpful in that regard. Awesome, very cool. Well, we went through a lot of peptides today. Yeah. And we're gonna have to put some lengthy show notes for all these descriptions. But can we talk about maybe just for general, like some of these, so someone who's listening here and saying, "Whoa, I want to do all of those." Like, mm -hmm. where would someone start? And of course, we need to see a healthcare practitioner, and also, what kind of cost could they assume by doing a few of these therapies? I think the first place to start would be come see a practitioner who has experience with peptides. So, um, because it would get overwhelming if you're listening mm -hmm. and you think, right. Oh, I, I want to do them all. Right. Um, it could get quite pricey sure. and it could get overwhelming. And some of your listeners may not, I mean, you know, there are people younger than us, older than us. They might not need the same thing. So go see a practitioner who is experienced in peptides who could then take your history, look at your labs, figure out what are your main complaints and then design a peptide recipe 
for you specifically so that you're saving money. You know, you're not just taking everything in the kitchen sink is where I would start. Right. Yeah, and there's different peptide stacks for different, you know, kind of application sure. for what, you know, what do you want to get to? Because, you know, if it's somebody that's just got that little extra midsection kind of thing and they don't really care about repairing brain cells and stuff, then they wouldn't need the dihexa and the C-Max. You know, we would go with CJC and Femorlin and um, maybe same. AOD 9064 is a whole different one. I'm sorry to bring up the different ones. So, oh, it's okay. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Five so there's more than this, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, and then as far as cost goes, um, you know, if you bought them from overseas or, uh, you know, you could probably get it for 50 to $75 a file, but then you don't know what you're getting. So, um, I don't know. You're probably looking at more like one fifty a vial depending on what you're using yeah. and then that bad yeah. yeah and if you're using yeah. multiples i mean you can go from you know 100 bucks to thousands of bucks a month yeah right i mean depending on what you're trying to accomplish right. now right. you know and, and those aren't continuous costs right. because you do cycle you know some of them you know epitalon you only use maybe once or twice a year again i've introduced another one sorry <laughs> but uh C would be another one that you would only cycle with kind of inferred that with the thymus and beta you do cycle a little bit with it as well because it's got such a long half-life and uh, so you know it, it's different and so the cost there's no way to really go oh it's going to cost this much every time you come it just it's impossible to tell. I'd say you'd be safe to say probably anywhere from a hundred dollars a month up to seven or eight hundred dollars a month I'm oh guessing. i was gonna say probably fifteen hundred yeah, it could be i mean could yeah be. if you're, if you're doing if Depending you're doing the full stack doing. which you know that's uh right yeah. and then there's a lot more than that you know so we only take about 12. nine ten eleven yeah about 12 or 13 different peptides that we use right now uh, which is kind of pricey right but we there's, a have to whole, there's a whole laundry list more of that so right. you know you yeah. can really start getting a lot gucciier and uh you know but the beauty of it is, is you can you can specifically tailor it to what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So and that's you know, so it can be a low cost if you're looking for one thing or if you just want the whole generic, holistic, all body, right. you know, optimization. And now then we get into exosomes and stem cells, again, a whole nother uh, sure. podcast. I mean, that's a whole different deal. Right. But, um, yeah. So But the good thing is is you don't typically need to have exosomes and stem cells every month. And That's the same true. thing with a lot of the peptides. You're not always going to be using them all every right. month. So, yeah. yeah, I think it goes back for anyone listening. Go to the healthcare practitioner. Mm -hmm. Go see a trusted physician who's been doing this, who has a knowledge, yes, yeah. like the Dr. Ledbetter's here. Don't just go look, buy some, <laughs> buy some off Amazon. I don't know if you can do that, but don't go buy some just willy-nilly. You know, yeah, really try to figure out your labs, test, don't guess, right? So. Yeah, we're, we're just giving you information here, guys. So, you know, definitely go see a practitioner first. Awesome. So, one question I want to ask is that's not a peptide related is what is the health related product, whatever that means to you, that's been under $150 in the past six months that's had the biggest impact on your health? I'd say. I think we both agree. NMN. NMN. NMN yes, yeah. for sure. That precursor to NAD. Nicotinamide mononucleotide. Yes. Absolutely. You just put it underneath your tongue, and it helps to get that precursor to NAD in your body. And I think that the energy that you get from it, the clarity, the ability to feed the mitochondria, sure, so that your ATP production can be accelerated, is 
been awesome. So you guys have gotten there recently and noticed some results like with energy mm -hmm. and mental clarity with it or? Yeah, within the last, what, three months maybe? Uh, we've been taking it for a while, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, yeah, maybe I mean, taking the NR for, and then the, you just got the, I like the sublingual NMN NMNs, yeah. because you, it, you know, doesn't have that first pass effect. Your liver's not sure. taking it up. Okay. You get it right into your bloodstream. And if I get a little crazy and forget how many I've had and I take another one, I notice I'm like, and this is really good. Like, <laughs> sure. I see people's face like, <gasps> right. Oh yeah. And you can get that from like a, you can get that online. Get it online. Um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And um, on, mm, well, I was going to say on my website, DrNatalieLedbetter.com, I may have a link for that one. I'm cool. not sure. I know I have one for the true niagen, which okay. is the NR, NR yeah, which right. is also a precursor to NAD. <laughs> right, but it's the N and M. N M. Yeah, M and M. Just call it M and M. M and M. Yeah. yeah. N M. No, I have so to say the whole thing. Nicotinamide and mononucleotide. Otherwise, I get the subliminal. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's I think a it's really a Life by Nature. Is that the brand that we've been getting lately? I have no earthly yeah, idea. There's, there's a couple. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah, okay. that sounds good. And so this is a question I, I, I'm pondering for you guys because y'all have so many great tips and tricks. You kind of live this life of wellness. If you had to just tell listeners, if I could create a billboard with one or two health tips on there that we should be doing to maximize longevity, life, et cetera, what would that be? Mm. I, I think probably for me anyway, and she may have a different answer, but you got to eat right and exercise. Right. I mean, we know basics. We, yeah. we've got all of this fun stuff that we do, you know, hyperbarics and we do PEMF and we do um, ozone. We do all of this fun stuff, but if you don't eat right, and I'm sure Natalie will dig into it because she's she's very big on the diet stuff as far as you know breastfeed and breastfeed and <laughs> organic and free range and the joke yeah. around the house is is you know, she'll say you know something and I don't care what it is it may be the stool or whatever and I was like well is it you know free range grass fed grass finished and no hormones no antibiotics <laughs> and it's like oh it's just a chair honey I'm like yeah whatever but as long as it's grass fed it's okay anyway it's a joke around the house but I would say that all of the studies that we know from as far back as they go, good diet, putting the right nutrients in your body. Yeah. And again, you can get into the farming practices and all that stuff because there's a whole lot. That's a whole other podcast just in itself. But then exercising regularly. Right. Creating that little micro stress on your body on a regular basis so that the body knows that it's got to be in a good repair kind of mechanism Increase all the time. It, I mean, it, it's just, we know that those two things right. are probably the key to everything. So you can do peptides all day long and you can do ozone therapy all day long, but if you're not eating right and exercising, right, it's kind of like pissing on a forest fire, right? right. I mean, you're going to get a little bit of the fire out, but there's still that big old forest that's still right. burning. Right? So, you know, you're kind of, you got to kind of, do the right thing, the big things first. Right. Of I mean, course, it's, it's that's so, the low hanging fruit, right? right I mean, exactly. It's, it's so not sexy, right? To be yeah. like diet and exercise. People are like, oh, oh, we wanted something exciting. But like you said, if you do all of these other things, but you're not putting good quality foods, we are what we eat. We right. are. The Chinese have said this in Chinese medicine since thousands of years that what you eat, that's what our bodies become made of. So do you want your body made out of plastic fat? Sure. Think about if we put saran wrap all around you, would you function very well? 
could you breathe? Could you excrete? Could you intake? Well, that's what we're doing to ourselves because we're eating plastic fats, canola oil, soy oil, all these fake vegetable oils that have been hydrogenated. So we're putting these plastic fats in our body and our cell walls are being made of plastic fats. And so then it's like saran wrapping them. They can't bring in products. They can't excrete products. They can't do their jobs. So it's huge diet and exercise. Yeah. And then exercise, we um, were in a phase in our life where we did everything, the diet and all these fancy things, but we were so busy working that we somehow couldn't find the time to exercise. Right. And we kept saying, we have to exercise. We know we need to, we know. And for his brain, for his TBI, the number one thing you can do for your brain is exercise. And so no judgment out there to people who are like, I can't find time to exercise or I'm too tired to exercise because we were there for a while. And finally it got to the point where we're spending our discretionary funds, not on going out on dates and not on buying new cars, but on taking care of our health. And you hit a brick wall and you finally realize I have to do the foundational things. We were already eating right, but we had to add in the exercise. Now the cool thing about adding in the peptides and the NMN and the NR is that it gave us enough energy to get over that hump of like, oh, I'm just too tired. So then you have a little bit of energy, you go out there, you start exercising, and then you realize, oh, I didn't die, and, and I feel good. Let me do it again. Right. And so now it's got to, we're going to go running the trails today. And I used to say, oh, we have to go running today. And now it's like, oh, we get to go running today. Right. Because we feel like a million bucks afterwards. So some of the things they were doing help gave us that little extra energy. So if somebody out there needs help, they can do things like come in for NADIV or take the NMN or the NR right. um, some, or, or some of the peptides that give you just a little extra energy so that you can take that move, but you have to get out there and exercise. In right. Chinese medicine, stagnation causes pain, cancer, and the number one cause of stagnation is sitting in a chair. Sedentary lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And just to set realistic expectations too, it, it's not a, um, it's a slow burn, right? I mean, it's not a, oh, I took the NMN and I got some peptides and today I feel okay. great and I'm going to go make myself 20 years younger. It's a process. So everything's a process. Right. You, you, you know, I, I try to really work hard to set realistic expectations for people because no matter what comes out of my mouth and no matter how realistic I feel like I'm setting them up for it, I still get the calls pretty regularly. It didn't work. I was like, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. What are you expecting? I mean, so it's a slow burn. You, you, it's a process, okay? And months and months, right. you know. And you know, like I tell Natalie sometimes, you know, I did all this damage in 54 years. It's going to take some time to turn it around, right? Yeah. It's like, and being a Navy uh, reference, the aircraft carrier is cruising along at about 30 knots. It doesn't just turn around like a little bitty boat does, right? You know, it takes a long time to get that sucker to turn sure. around and go the right direction. So, um, yeah, yeah. So don't I don't want anybody to misunderstand what she's saying. That yes, we feel great now, but it's a process. Right. Health is a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to do this again. I mean, I already have two or three top topics that I've written down that we could talk about. Part two, another another time with exosomes. Oh, yeah. Maybe some other peptides if we get some interest in that. And um, but just you guys now have three or four clinics, right? Mm -hmm. yes. In the Austin area. Mm -hmm. uh, just describe so uh, where people can find you guys on social media, websites, etc. 
also, uh, they can look on our website, lalongevity.com, because we are, our clinics are L, Aesthetics and Longevity, so lalongevity.com uh, is our website. Also, you can find me on drnatalieledbetter.com. For our Facebook, it's L Aesthetics and Longevity, or also for Instagram, it's L underscore Aesthetics underscore Longevity. And aesthetics is spelled A E, not the just A. E. Yeah, yeah, A E S T H E T S E S. So, and then uh, drbillyledbetter.com, drbillyledbettermd.com will be up and running soon. It's just in the phases of being put together. So. Getting built. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. guys. Well, always a pleasure speaking with you guys. You guys are a wealth of knowledge, and um, I hope to do this again with you guys soon. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, please Thanks. subscribe for more Thank information, you. and Thanks, we'll talk to you guys next time. Awesome.